Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Welcome to this week's edition of the Insane Things Battleground America podcast. I'm posting it a day early because I'm going to be off tomorrow. So I'm just going to do an extra long one. We'll start with insane thing number six. I warned you about this with Dylan Mulvaney. So many people on our site didn't understand the significance of Bud Light hiring Dylan Mulvaney as a spokesperson for their brand. Dylan Mulvaney wasn't like the other men on TikTok and Instagram who are big influencers and claim to be women, even though they're men. Dylan Mulvaney was unique. That's why he had such a big following. He was one of the first grown men, age 28, to claim not just to be a woman, but to be a girl. It was the reason behind the fascination with his transition. He explained he was first going to transition to being a woman, and then he would go backwards until he was roughly a 12 to 13-year-old girl. This is why a major hotel chain hired him as an influencer and let him play the character Eloise, who in the books is roughly 11 and 12 years old. He even showed himself, Dylan Mulvaney did, before his surgeries where he got parts of his shoulder bones sawed off to make them narrower and narrower to approximate a preteen girl. And I warned you on this very podcast what was coming next. Men who identify not just as women, but as girls and want to share spaces with them, go to school with them. And of course, the ultimate goal to have relationships with them, despite what their parents say. Ultimately, pedophiles are using the transgender movement. So the left to advance the pedophile movement, their real goal. Even the UN's on board. I've documented that in the past too, how they published a report on their website advocating for relationships between grown-ups and kids, sexual relationships, and claiming it's a human rights violation because kids can totally consent. Oh, and they want to legalize sex work too, which, as you know, will eventually include child sex work. You can see where all this is going. Well, we've got our first case, well, second case, Dylan Mulvaney was first. The transgender movement was always going to lead to the trans age movement. Dylan Mulvaney will go down as a pioneer in this movement if the left succeeds in it. Well, it already happened. A 50-year-old man who identifies as a girl just competed in a swimming competition 
against 13-year-old girls. This person, who calls themselves Melody Wiseheart, identifies as a girl and was allowed to use the girls' locker rooms to strip down naked in front of the girls. By the way, he's a fully intact man. Put on his girl-style bathing suit and swim against him. This biological man, who's a professor at Toronto's York University, where his research areas include, (laughs) of course, children and youth, clearly a subject of fascination to him, he took part in the competition held at the Markham Pan Am Center north of Toronto. The long-term goal couldn't be more obvious, to get adult men into children's spaces, preferably naked, as a prelude to getting them into relationships with children. And of course, to get parents out of the way. You're already seeing the basis for that in California and laws in Washington state, where starting at the age of 12, Department of Social Services can take custody of your child from you if you don't honor how they identify, but also who they want to date. Right now, that applies to same-sex relationships. But what happens when the child wants to date somebody who identifies as 13, but is actually 45? Got any guesses? I know exactly how it's going to go. For the parents. Or we could just fight. Which brings me to insane thing number five. The defeat of Kevin McCarthy and all of his evil henchmen. Every last one of them. From Representative Emmer to Representative Scalise, Representative McHenry. All his evil henchmen gone. Which means we may be allowed to fight the Democrats for the first time in years. See, the reason we haven't defeated them is we haven't been allowed to fight them. And the people standing in our way were our GOP leaders. Dozens and dozens and dozens of times a year, first thing I do when I come in to do my radio show and there's a new Bill of Rights violating atrocity, they're sending Trump to prison, they're censoring us, violating our First Amendment rights. I mean, the, the horrible things they've done, uh, you know, censoring, blocking the New York Times, Hunter Biden, laptop, all of that stuff. I do one thing. It's the same thing. I guarantee you they're doing that same day at Democrat National Committee headquarters, the head of the Democrat Party. I Google two names. They're the leaders of our party by rank, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy, to see if they've even said a damn thing. Mitch McConnell, almost never. Kevin McCarthy, extremely rare. Usually only when asked about an issue of importance to the Republican Party, one we could win on, by a Fox News reporter he'll reluctantly engage. But otherwise, almost never. Folks, we had party leaders who refused to even make the arguments needed to defeat the Democrats and who were funding Joe Biden's agenda 100% while standing in the way of any Republican who wanted to block it. When he was Speaker, Kevin McCarthy's dark money pack, just like Mitch McConnell's, became an instrument of terror on the Hill. Tens of millions of dollars flowed into it from Democrat donors, uniparty donors, Bush donors, and open borders donors. And he used it to terrorize not Democrats, but Republicans. He was a hired hit machine of the Democrat Party who figured out that it would be easier to simply buy off our leaders than it would to actually defeat Republicans in expensive congressional races. And boy, did they get their money. Politico documented the dark money accounts on both sides 
Boehner had it, then Paul Ryan, and it was eventually inherited by Kevin McCarthy. We're worth at least $400,000 in Republican primaries. You could vote with the Uniparty, with the Bush vote, with the amnesty vote, with the open borders vote, with the pro-Democrat vote, and they'd spend $400,000 in your primary on your behalf, lying to your constituents, that you were a gun-toting conservative. Or you could go the other way, and they'd spend the money against you. Guaranteed, though, they were spending it. We now know how many sleeper cells, that's what I call these Republicans, they got elected to Congress. Karl Rove was their chosen instrument of terror, uh, the architect of the Bush dynasty. And he would go around vetting these candidates, making sure they were suitably, well, not conservative or Republican. And we know the number now, 55, stood strongly by Kevin McCarthy's side until it became clear he was bleeding from too many holes in this speakership race. So guess what? Yeah, took a lot of rounds of voting. Why? Not because of chaos or personalities. Those are lies. No, it took a lot of rounds for the fear to break down. Because outside of the 55, everybody was afraid. If Kevin McCarthy or his henchmen could emerge and continue collecting money in their dark money pack... You'd be taken out if you didn't vote for them. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Everybody was afraid up there. Well, it's insane. And something of almost honestly a miracle that the back of that system was broken this week. Kevin McCarthy, in the end, couldn't get his evil henchmen through. This is a major blow to the Bush money machine. The last remaining bastion of power. They have over the party. As I said back in my October 5th Battleground podcast, when I went into depth about this horrific system and how it had to be defeated before the country was sent spinning into bankruptcy because Kevin McCarthy kept printing money to fund Biden's agenda. All of it. It seems almost like a miracle that Mike Johnson was elected. Fox News immediately began whining, but he's not in leadership. He won't know what to do. I went, oh, thank God he's not in leadership. He doesn't have a dark money pack. Look, I'm sure I'll disagree with the guy and rail on about him, but there's no comparison between him and Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy was a bully and a thug who'd sold out to the other side and created such an atmosphere of fear that challenging the left, even on certain very basic things, like whether a man who transitions to be a woman should be allowed in a woman's bathroom, had become impossible. What we have now is no less than one precious chance to save the country by maybe having leaders that actually make arguments in favor of the party they claim to represent. We'll see what Mike Johnson does with this precious chance. We'll know very soon whose side Johnson is actually on because he's going to face what I call the World War III bill. It's insane thing number four. Insane because, as Senator Tom Cotton pointed out, it funds all sides of World War III. 
all wrapped together in a $100 billion bill paid, paid for by your tax dollar. No, printed monopoly money. You'll just pay in the checkout line at the grocery store in inflation. Is this ridiculous bill? $60 billion for Ukraine, roughly $16 billion for Israel. And it wouldn't be fair if we left Hamas out, so they get $3.5 billion. Now the check won't say to Hamas. No, it will go to Gazans. I put that in air quotes because Hamas is the elected government of Gaza and they'll get the money. How much again? $3.5 billion. I mean, look, these people are poor. How can they afford to continue to slaughter Israelis at this rate and put up with the full onslaught if we don't fund them too? It's only fair. It's also insane, which is exactly what Senator Tom Cotton called it. It provides three and a half billion dollars of potential so-called humanitarian aid to Gaza, which we know under current conditions is a little more than resupply for Hamas terrorists. Of course it is. That's why Joe Biden compiled it all in one bill so that in order to support Israel, you also have to support Ukraine, the Gazans and this horror show on the border I'll get to in a minute. Want to pause here for just a minute to thank PhD Weight Loss for sponsoring this podcast. As a person who's tried to lose weight over and over and failed, sometimes I get 10 pounds in before I fail and gain it all back. I didn't realize till I went on PhD that I was doing it wrong. They don't just target pounds or even your body mass index. They target visceral fat. This kind of fat is different. It releases hormones that make you artificially hungry. Decrease it down to almost nothing and the cravings go away. No wonder I failed. They even use a special kind of scale that measures both your weight loss and your visceral fat loss so they know you're exactly in the zone. And the plan targets that visceral fat to turn you into a person who actually has a metabolism. And that made all the difference. This time, I went all the way. Lost 29 pounds in six months, and I've kept it off for nine. What could this do for you? There's somebody doing the PhD weight loss program in each of the 50 states. Many of them do it at home at their own convenience. You can too. So don't let your location stop you. Find out more. Go to myphdweightloss.com. That's myphdweightloss.com. Cotton announced it was dead on arrival, but then Mitch McConnell being a war whore and the alleged leader of the Republican Party, they say in the Senate, but it's kind of hard to tell if he's a Republican, cut Tom Cotton's legs right out from under him, said, no, it's great. He totally wanted to pass it. Now, look, if you want to defeat the Democrats on this, it ain't hard. If you don't want to give Gaza and Hamas $3.5 billion, that's not hard either. You simply say to Joe, okay, we'll fund all four in separate bills. Let's vote. Let's get on the record. Who wants $3.5 billion for Gaza? Raise your hand. We'll be sure to use this in campaign commercials against you. That's what a party that wants to win does. And that's why Mitch McConnell's not doing it. That's what his dark money fund is loaded with Democrat money to prevent. Now, Kevin McCarthy would have whored himself out too. But Kev's gone. He's done. Washed up. I can't get used to saying that. It's so wonderful. I want to say it over and over again. What will Mike Johnson do? Take a big pile of cash to sell out or do the smart thing. Make him go on record. Make him vote. Which, by the way, leads to this week's epic rant. My favorite clip this week comes from Senator Tom Cotton on the insanity of this new president. 
of, well, if we're going to get into a war with Iran uh, and we're going to help Israel fight Iran, well, you know, it's only fair we fund all sides. This is the new Democrat norm. And Mitch McConnell's fine with it. Tom Cotton, senator, explains it this way. Are you in favor of finding a way to get humanitarian aid into Gaza now or not? No, humanitarian aid under the present circumstances is really just a euphemism for resupply of Hamas terrorists. Um, to me, the surprising thing is not that Israel cut water and power to Gaza, it's that Israel ever provided water and power to Gaza in the first place. <clears throat> Again, we, we didn't provide humanitarian aid to the Japanese or the Germans in World War II. We didn't pay Al-Qaeda's electricity bill after 9-11. We shouldn't expect Israel to do these things either. Why is Hamas so desperate for water and power? It's because their tunnel network depends on electricity for ventilation and water to keep their silt, their uh, terrorist fighters ready to rumble. Um, and we're trying to smoke, or Israel's trying to smoke them out of those tunnels. Um, so no, I, I do not think that we should be calling for Israel to bend over backwards to allow humanitarian aid to enter that country. Look, Hamas has governed Gaza for 17 years now. Uh, they could have spent all those tens of billions of dollars they got in international aid on power plants, water plants, uh, and food. They instead spent it on missiles and tunnels. Um, and now there's consequences to that. But there's one more insane part of that World War Three bill. It's $14 billion with a B for the border. And Joe Biden is not even hiding it. It's clearly stated in the bill that the 1,300 border agents he wants to hire are for processing, not interdiction. Here's what Senator Tom Cotton says is in that part of the bill. It provides billions of dollars to relocate illegal aliens into our country and put them up in hotels, addressing the symptoms of the border crisis, not the cause of it, say, abuse of the parole system or abuse of the asylum system. So we need to undertake efforts to, say, support Israel and close our southern border. What we don't need is Joe Biden's proposals, much of which is just a long-standing Democratic wish list. Now, Joe Biden floated this bill before Mike Edwards became speaker. Watch what he does. It's going to tell you everything. What he should do, again, is break these into four separate bills. Make Republicans and Democrats vote on this. Are you going to pay for plane tickets to fly illegal immigrants who haven't even been vetted in most cases into the country? Cool. We need to know that. We need to know that for the Republican primaries so you can be defeated by actual conservatives. And we need to know that uh, for the Democrats. If you want to hand flight tickets, and hotel rooms paid for with taxpayer cash to illegal immigrants, good. You got to vote for it if you want to get it in a standalone bill. This is what Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise, and that god-awful Representative Emmer, who was um, the henchman for Kevin McCarthy, his whip, would do. They would put all this, jam this into CRs so Republicans couldn't cut it out. They'd either... You know, vote it up, vote it down. So if you want to fund Israel, you've got to fund plane tickets for illegal immigrants. But then Republicans can pretend they had no choice. It was a CR, up or down vote. Yeah, that's the game that the Democrats, but also the Republican leadership have been playing. We have this precious chance to tra- change everything. But we've got to begin breaking these bills out. It's not hard to do. We just need a speaker with the willingness to do it. Pray we have one now. Speaking of the border, that brings us to insane thing number three. And when I tell you this, you can see why Biden needs $14 billion for the border, because he's now bringing in half a million people a month. 
that's 260, 270,000 that he loads onto planes and buses and uh, provides hotel nights for and roughly another 240,000 who sneak over the border. We know that because we have ground sensors. But now we've discovered there's even more. And he lied about it. This is bombshell news, folks. Remember me telling you about the CPB1 app? And it they were busted, discovered doing this with your tax dollars. And I don't know how, because Congress never funded this. But what it is, is you go online. You're an illegal immigrant. You're in another country. You haven't even crossed, um, you know, into Mexico yet. Maybe you're in your home country. You want to come here. You make an appointment with the federal government to break the law. Uh, and they give you a QR code, which makes it look nice and official. Then you either fly into the country or you can walk in over one of our land borders. You won't stick out. Photographers for news outlets won't be able to distinguish you from people lawfully there. It's a way to hide them and sneak them into the country. Well, Biden got busted doing this earlier this year and was forced to admit he said that they'd launched it in January, or at least his administration said, and they were letting people in for four countries. It's Biden. So, of course, they lied. Not four countries. 97 countries. And it's been going on for 19 months. And they forgot to mention a couple of critical countries in the 7,000 largely unvetted people they took from the worst terrorist harboring and sponsoring nations in America, which really was quite something this week. Um, because what did the week start out with? The security services, the intelligence services for the uh, Customs and Border Patrol leaked, and that's because there's still some patriots in there, that they were getting word that Hamas and Iranian terrorists were either crossing the border or likely to cross the border to commit terror attacks. That was a big story. But less attention was paid to the fact that Joe Biden has probably already snuck these people over the border. Because listen to this. There are 260,000 illegals. Joe Biden criminally broke the law to bring here using the CPB1 app over the last 19 months, including 7,700 from, get this, Iran, Yemen. Folks, you can't even, again, get off a plane in Yemen as an American and go walking around. They will kill you. You can't bring them here. But we did. So it's Iran, Yemen, Afghanistan. Go ahead and try to get off a plane in Afghanistan walk around as an American. Go to the market. See how long you keep your head on your shoulders. Yep, we're bringing them here too. Oh, and Jordan and Egypt. Yeah, both countries with terror problems. Centers for Immigration Studies broke this story. And what the reason they got it is they've been in a Freedom of Information Act court fight over this program, which is being hidden by the Biden administration from Congress. Never mind the mass, sheer massive size of 260,000 illegally snuck into this country using the CPB1 app. That's on top of all the other numbers. They've never admitted to them before. But folks, if you're going to bring 7,700 people in and you're going to approve 99.7% of them, which means they're not vetted, and you know they're unvettable anyway, but think about this. How do you call the Afghan government? That'd be the Taliban. And you say to them, what? Hey, I got Mohammed, Mohammed, Mohammed here. Are, are they good or are they terrorists? You're going to have to take the word of the Taliban, which would be the terror group that sent them. It's impossible to vet them. You can't do it. Um, so this whole idea that, well, we could just take them. They're probably good people. No, if you're taking them, you have already decided you're okay with another terror attack. You're bringing terrorists in the country. And folks, understand just how profound this is. George W. Bush launched the Department of Homeland Security 
after 9-11 specifically to protect the homeland from terror. Right now, the chief agency threatening from a terror perspective, the United States of America, you know, our homeland is the Department of Homeland Security. They're the ones running this program. I mean, you can't even make this up. It's it's Orwellian. It's bizarre. Um, and folks, I mean, honestly, at this point, uh, given the fact that Ken Paxton, the attorney general of Texas, is suing the federal government because the Border Patrol keeps coming behind the Texas National Guard and cutting and removing the razor wire. They keep coming behind them. They have now taken welders out there to weld the doors on Trump's walls open, and Paxton is suing them. Folks, at this point, to make the country safer, we should dismantle and defund the Department of Homeland Security. I'm not kidding. And also the Border Patrol. Let the Texas National Guard do it. We'd be much better off. Because you can only conclude at this point, folks, Democrats are actively courting a terror attack by bringing these people here. And why wouldn't they be? They'll say they need new spying, new censorship, uh, new control. And you know who they'll direct it at. Not the terrorists they brought here, but the people they consider to be the terrorists. Anyone who doesn't vote for them. So you and me. Again, if you sometimes feel helpless listening to this, understand why. Again, Mike Johnson holds it in his hands to stop so much of this. Like, you think what's being done to Donald Trump is unfair? Well, okay, then defund Jack Smith's salary. Defund his entire staff. Take every dollar away from him, and he can't sit up there ensconced in his DOJ office and persecute Trump anymore. See, the reason everything is happening to Trump from the DOJ is because the Republican leadership keeps funding it while pretending they're helpless to stop it. If we'd stop pretending and start fighting, we'd stand a decent chance of defunding a lot of this stuff. I'd start with the CPB1 app. Americans' very lives may depend on it. So I'm counting the fact that the Attorney General of Texas has to actually sue Joe Biden's Border Patrol to stop them from aiding illegal immigrants um, who are entering our country as insane thing number uh, two. Insane thing number one has to be this. I did a whole podcast on it, but I know some of you only listen to the Insane Things podcast for the wrap-up at the end of the week. It's this. Folks, the left isn't even hiding their anti-Semitism. Over the last couple of days, it's been like crystal knots, but in America. At Cooper Union College in New York City, a Jewish students group was meeting in the library, where they meet every week. A Hamas demonstration learned of it and attempted to beat them. Literally, right there. And they're all students. They were terrorized by a menacing mob of pro-Hamas demonstrators who trapped them in a library in the cafeteria, banging the doors and windows loudly, enchanting, demanding their deaths. They were escorted to safety by the NYPD. In L.A., a family with four children made the mistake of hanging a mezuzah on their door, a clear sign they were Jewish. They won't do that again. After a lunatic broke into the home with the whole family home, screaming pro-Hamas slogans and attempting to knife them to death. He actually managed to stab the husband a couple of times. On Valencia Street in L.A., Smitten, a Jewish-owned ice creamery, was vandalized with anti-Jewish slogans painted on the walls and the glass smashed, just like it was during Kristallnacht in Nazi Germany. Folks, you can tell that the left which can barely contain its anti-Semitism on a good day, 
has been all but inspired by these Hamas attacks. They're just raring to come out of the closet. And the New York Times did. Back in 2022, after the pro-Hitler writings of a Hamas-loving Gazan reporter came to light, they were forced to go their separate ways with him. But they just announced they're rehiring him. To cover what? Israel. His name is Solomon Hiji. Look for that byline. H-I-J-J-Y. Since he'll be writing for the New York Times now. And this is one of those things where you don't have to infer that this guy is Hitlerian, is a Nazi. It's not some vague association. He spells it the heck out. When he wrote on a social media post that he was in a state of harmony as Hitler was during the Holocaust. In another post, he wrote... How great you are, Hitler. That the New York Times separated from him, let him go, and then after, only after this attack by Hamas, rehired him. Oh, and his byline was on their completely incorrect story claiming Israel blew up that hospital. Actually, it was Hamas, and they didn't hit the hospital. They hit the parking lot. So, look, if you're seeing coverage of this and it's in the New York Times, understand you cannot believe it. But... Just knowing this guy's out there, he was trending. So was Hitler this week on Twitter associated with his name. Do you know that inspires the left? How that green lights them? This is who they really are. At least we're finally getting to see what they support and they're capable of. with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.